You're listening to 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. The time is 12.33. Let's join Craig Warmbold for community comment. Well, thank you very much, and excuse me, good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Our guest on Community Comment this afternoon is uh, the director of Dodge County Emergency Management. We want to welcome into the conversation Joe Maher. Joe, good to see you. Hey, Craig. Thanks. And uh, the uh, phone number, if you've got a a question or a comment about uh, emergency management uh, issues, maybe want to talk about one of the things that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, putting some emergency preparedness kits together, the differences between watches and warnings with all those uh, tornadoes, severe thunderstorm and flash flood watches and warnings that uh, will likely be issued in 2023. Uh, And also uh, be looking at a, a free storm spotter training class that's coming up this Wednesday at the Dodge County Administration Building, getting to be an annual event that's been going on a number of years right now. But uh, first, how are you uh, doing, Joe? How's everything in, uh, in emergency management? Doing good. We're uh, keeping up here with um, all of our year-end closeouts uh, from last year, so getting some grants uh, sealed up and um, working on uh, some new hazmat stuff and some hazmat grants. We administrate the hazmat team, so... Um, keep them busy. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, storm spotter training class is going to be kind of one of the big subjects that we talk about today. But uh, with the changing of the clocks taking place just this past weekend, it seems like uh, pretty much a, a no-brainer to, to start and talk about something that ReadyWisconsin.gov uh, is uh, encouraging folks to do, and that is to review their emergency plans when you change your clocks. What is an emergency plan? Why do we need one? Joe, explain if you would. Well, if you have an emergency plan, it seems um, that uh, we we work better in um, making it somewhat uh, of a normal for us. In um, we discuss the plan, um, and uh, it just makes it easier if we do have to enact it. And um, having the correct supplies and having uh, everything in line, the right contacts, um, just just makes it a lot easier. So it sounds like a plan is uh, is not just a physical thing in preparing an a, a emergency preparedness kit, uh, but also kind of going through the motions and, and knowing what it is that uh, you're going to do uh, with you and your loved ones in the event that something happens. Correct. Yeah, it's um, it's the prior discussion. It makes it uh, easier for us to act um, in a more swift manner uh, when when we do need to. Um, enact that plan. What are, what are some of those things that we want to uh, keep in mind when we're assembling a plan? You mentioned contacts. Yeah, so contacts, uh, groups of people that you can uh, rely on to check on, um, sort of create a network um, of people and um, you know not only have the network but then also have that ready-to-go uh, kit with uh, a lot of your important personal information, some uh, important papers that you might need. Um, your pills is a big thing. Um, if we if we come to uh, evacuate or have to activate the plan and we come up to your door or you need to leave quickly, um, it's important that all that stuff is in place. So, so and, and that pills, that's one of the four P's that we've been hearing about right. on the news today. Yeah. Uh, what are the other uh, P's in addition to pills? So your purse, obviously, is some money that can help you kind of get your way through what you need. Um, purses, pills, pets, and paperwork. Um, try to have a plan for your pets also. Um, oftentimes when we displace um, pets, they, they aren't in their element, so it's difficult for them to, um, they, they're, they're just another... Um, 
you know, something for you to have to look out for. Um, and if you've got that plan set up and where they can go, uh, just makes it a lot easier. So when we talk about assembling this, um, this these four P's, and obviously purse is interchangeable with wallet and things like that. Sure. Is this something that you want to do kind of above and beyond the uh, the day-to-day items that you would normally use? Is this something that you should kind of keep separate from all of your your routine kind of medications, or or can you dip into this? Yeah, I mean, if, if medications, pills are one of those things that you want to keep there, do you, are you recommending that you have extra pills that are just kind of in this emergency preparedness kit? Should you never dip into them? Or, you know, what does that look like in terms of updating this? Yeah, I think for myself, um, you've got your, uh, the, the pill kits that you can have that plan out your week, oftentimes. And uh, if that is available and you keep it stocked. Um, I think that's an advantage. Um, I don't know necessarily if you can expend some of your uh, medications that are on 30 or 90 day rotations. Um, so just having that uh, small kit, the weekly kit there, and being able to grab it and throw it in with the rest of your um, your necessities, um, it, it, that, that may be what's in order. Um, making it easier. What kind of paperwork would you suggest that uh, folks have available for a quick exit? Yeah, um, paperwork is anything that's important to you on an everyday basis. It might be uh, banking information. It might be um, maybe some uh, some documents that uh, include uh, your birth certificates and things of that sort. Um, just good stuff to have um, if you were uh, to have to evacuate or were to lose um, you know, a structure or something as a result of, of a storm. Mm-hmm. Pets, uh, I mean, those are, that's another thing that it might be kind of uh, individual to uh, each particular household. It is because everybody, everybody's pets are a little bit different and uh, some pets are big, some pets are small. Um, you, you have to plan for at least 24 to 48 hours, in, in my opinion, uh, if you were to have to evacuate. And uh, if you do have animals that you can leave at home, just make sure that you have plans for uh, getting them fed because we may not be able to get you in. And, um, you know, cats are pretty self-sufficient, and there's other animals that are that way, but they still have to eat. And um, so that makes, uh, it could be a challenge if we can't get you in. I, I think back on uh, Wyoiga many, many years ago. I, I don't even know if I was, uh, <laughs> I, I hear a lot of discussion about it, um, but uh, a lot of people left their pets behind and they actually had to have, I believe, the guard come in and uh, have a mission to either release these pets or uh, to feed them. So um, we never really know what uh, mother nature and, and man-made events can happen. Uh, so we always got to be planning for that and thinking forward. And and that's just it, too, isn't it? it it's uh, it's the fact that, you know, you, you could have a train derailment or, or something like that that is completely man-made that you're not expecting. Could be one of those severe weather situations, a right. thunderstorm that turns into a tornado pretty quickly. Yep. Um, we talk a lot about uh, over the years uh, weather radios and things like that. Is uh, is that still a uh, is that oh, yeah. still something in the internet age that we're wanting people to be aware of? Yeah, definitely. Weather radios are still uh, readily available um, at the local electronics stores. Um, this is a tone that's sent out by the weather service uh, to notify of severe weather events, whether it be watches, warnings, advisories, etc. Um, they. Uh, Nowadays, with uh, technology and the internet, um, a lot of the uh, media sources have options to be able to be 
notified, uh, whether it be text message or email for weather events and other significant events. Um, and then we also, uh, with uh, the, the iPaws notification, that is uh, what comes across on uh, the wireless emergency alerts. Uh, so during a tornado warning, um, those actually come across on your phone. And, and a lot of people have probably experienced that within the last couple of years. Um, so that notification, and then also we have the rave notification at the county, and um, that you can you can go to the county website to our Facebook page, um, which will get you to our website, and uh, you can sign up for notifications. We also, with that rave system, have the ability to send out these wireless emergency alerts, the WIAs is what they're called, um, and and those identify a, a geographical area, and every cell phone that falls within that geographical area. Um, is, is should be notified. Um, and uh, interesting enough, I think it was a couple of, year, couple of uh, weeks ago, there was a, a silver alert that was released um, by Department of Justice and there was some checkbox or some failure within the lines um, of communication that we even received the notification um, in this area. And it was, it was actually specific to, I believe it was somewhere down in Milwaukee. That's very interesting that you bring that up, because that is exactly what I was going to bring up next as you started to wade into this uh, uh, part of the conversation. Um, I think the, uh, and that was the first time I had ever gotten a silver, or was it a green alert? Might have been a green alert. Green or silver, whatever that last one was, uh, it was the first of its kind that I had had. And my assumption was basically, oh, well, this missing individual from Milwaukee must be believed to be in the Dodge County area or has family in the Dodge County area, was heading to the Dodge County area. You're saying that was maybe just yeah, kind of a I mistake think, on yeah, the, somebody's part. The understanding was is that um, it was only supposed to go to a small geographical area, um, and it may have been a checkbox or uh, some type of cross of communications that actually released that. Um, as a rule, um, silver alerts, green alerts don't go out via the wireless emergency alerts. Uh, oh, so it wasn't supposed to go out by phone at all. Yeah, I, I think it was just specific to an area uh, that they oh. were trying to notify. So. so it may go out by phone in a specific area. kind of, And that's this, essentially the same as the rave notification? Right. Department of Justice actually releases or sends out the information on green alerts and um, amber alerts, that type of thing. And there's certain credentials that our dispatch goes through um, and check boxes that have to be identified in order to release that information. So it was, it was something that, uh, that uh, got, got crossed in the lines of communication and uh, occurred. Um, it, it is a really good system, uh, but of course we know with, with cell phones and uh, technology, your GPS location doesn't always update itself correctly mm -hmm. and quickly um, when you're moving from one area to another. So there, there are some hiccups within it, um, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic that if we needed it, uh, we'd be able to launch that within a certain area. Cell phones are predominantly the way of communication. We don't have many landlines it's in the county anymore. Um, so relying on landlines to make notifications through the reverse calling, emergency calling, um, isn't a really good option for us nowadays. And uh, it's, it's really all about uh, being able to get that drill. You know, I mean, you and I were, were kind of raised in that, uh, that era of uh, uh, the tone. And if you hear this tone, expect <laughs> to hear emergency uh, information. Of course, 9-11 rolled around. Nobody heard the tone. It seemed kind of irrelevant almost at that point. But the cell phone has been a game changer. 
absolutely in, in this whole in this whole world it's information right at your fingertips instantaneously um and with uh with FEMA and the ones involved with the wireless emergency alerts, I, I believe they're a great thing. Um, one thing that we were discussing with a couple of the mayors within the county is actually doing like a wireless emergency alert, I pause notification um, as a test maybe on a Saturday, just to kind of give everybody an idea of how it works and the notification that you get. Um, again, it's it's part of the preparedness. Oh, my my phone is going off. This tone is going off. What is it? It's it's important information that that needs to be passed on to the public. You, you said I pause. Was that a, a term that I, I I'm not familiar? Did you already use that term? I apologize. Yeah. So I pause, and and you're putting me on the spot here. I'm. Uh, is that basically the same as like a it's rave the alert? Same um, same as uh, wireless emergency alerts. Um, it's the government alert notification mass alert notification so are there a few different layers of this then there's like the doj layer there's the rave notification layer that's coming from the county do you have the power as an emergency management director to overtake our phones with an emergency uh for certain types of emergencies they have to fall within um the outline um, that they give us we have the ability to send it out for say hazardous materials type stuff um and again that's that's within our abilities notification of that uh, welfare checks in certain areas um, that would that would be a, a notification of maybe like a, a mass um, mass shooter incident stuff of that sort it's used oftentimes um, around the Milwaukee area for for events like that to happen um, then the other stuff the amber alerts and stuff are, are things that information is gathered then it's passed on and vetted uh, within Department of Justice and um, they they make the determination of how, where, and when it goes out. So if a kid is abducted in Dodge County, we We, we have the ability under a child abduction to actually send it out from our system. Okay. Um, but as far as um, like the, the Amber Alert, um, the official Amber Alert that would go out maybe, let's say, for the entire southern part of the state, uh-huh. um, that notification would have to come out through the state. So your notifications. So your notification is bordered by the the county, the county line. Correct. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, is this something you use often? Have you used this yet? Um, we have used. We have not used the wireless emergency alerts. Um, we've used the the rave notification to do the landlines and those people that are signed up to alert to to receive the alerts. Um, we we want to reserve it for absolutely essential, um, critical information. And uh, we don't want it to uh, become what maybe some people would say is a nuisance. Um, so we, we definitely um, like to vet what we send out. Yeah, their, their eyes glaze over. Oh, it's just another one of these. Oh, how right. do I shut my phone off so quickly? That's, that's kind of played into the longtime policy that, uh, that we've had here and we've had at other radio stations I've worked at as it relates to, uh, to child abductions. And oftentimes I find myself having to explain this policy to people who thinks it, think it's absolutely absurd until, you know, we, we have that conversation and, and they are kind of able to see the other side. And by that, what I mean is, uh, you know, we'll get oftentimes maybe somebody, a mother calling the station, the radio station saying, uh, my kid's missing. I need you to get on the air and, and, and 
you know, do something yeah, we about need, it. We need to, and obviously you guys do well in passing that information on to us or uh, directing them in the right direction. But yeah, it's important that uh, that we get all of the information correct. And one thing that uh, is some lessons learned from the IPAWS um, and the notifications that have gone out is specific information that should be within those characters. And they do limit you um, depending on the age of your phone. They limit you on the number of characters that you can send out. So the importance of the specific location and uh, the specific direction of what you want people to do. Um, sometimes it's a bit difficult uh, to fit it all within that, that number of characters. Um, but uh, we, we try to have, we, we actually have a template um, that helps us out making sure we've got all the bases covered so there isn't any question when somebody reads it as to what they need to do. Do you anticipate that you could use the wireless emergency alert or the rave notification for, uh, for severe weather? Uh, we could, and there has been counties across the state that have done that. Um, and, and it could be just uh, to do sort of a, a check of welfare of people. Um, or direct them to certain areas or away from certain areas. Um, so, yeah, most definitely it would be an option for us to use, correct? 920-885-4446, that phone number if you've got a question for Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher. The uh, Storm Spotter training class is, uh, is right around the corner. In fact, uh, to say it's right around the corner would be a bit of an understatement as it is coming up on the... Uh, the 15th, which is Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday. very Wednesday. We're going to dig into the uh, the specifics of the Storm Spotter training class. Uh, but again, we also want to be able to hear from you, our listeners, uh, a couple of ways to be able to do that. Uh, we've got our new texting line. If uh, if you've got a question, uh, maybe you don't want to, to get on the air. Maybe it's something that you just want to uh, text into us. Uh, feel free to do that. Uh, we're, uh, we're happy to receive your texts at 920 920- Eight eight seven nine five nine five. That's eight eight seven nine five nine five. You could always give us a call the traditional way as well. That phone number is nine two zero eight eight five forty four forty six. And we'll go to the phones and say, "Good afternoon, welcome to Community Comment." Hi, Craig. How are you? Good, Tyler. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You actually kind of brought up a thing that I wanted to ask about. Okay. About the like the National Weather Service. Why well, do because we're up here, here in Watertown, down here in Watertown, we always get Illinois when they're test or when they get severe weather down in Illinois, and it's nowhere near us and it has no effect over us. But we're getting it up here, so that's why I'm confused about why are we getting Illinois? Now, can you tell us where where do you get that on on the radio, on your phone, TV. on the on your oh on your TV? Okay, yeah, and yeah, it's and on the could... TV, and like I said, it's coming from Illinois. Yeah, and that, that's possible that uh, some of that TV network covers down into the northern part of Illinois. So it's possible that they have people that are l- listeners or watchers in that area and uh, might uh, have to make notifications to them also. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate just about that. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate you calling. And you know, I mean, that's not just isolated to Illinois and uh, in Wisconsin. When I used to live in in Southern Illinois, uh, Southern Illinois kind of meets where the Missouri Boot Heel and uh, Kentucky uh, all kind of uh, are. Uh, what's the right word? They all kind of meet in the uh, at the bottom over there. So we would get uh, we would get alerts from from Paducah and from. Uh, uh, boy, I'm trying to think of, I guess, St. Louis and, uh, and all over the, uh, the region over there. Uh, because gosh knows, there's a lot of storms that, uh, that roll through, not just, uh, 
not just southern Illinois, but all the way up a tornado alley here into uh, into Wisconsin and whatnot. Uh, we want to talk about these storm spotter training. Again, it's coming up this Wednesday at the Dodge County Administration Building. Uh, is the National Weather Service actually in the business of uh, trying to uh, locate and identify people who uh, who could become fully trained and uh, perhaps assist them in some of the things they do? Yeah, and they'll talk extensively about that. The class is actually put on by, and I believe it's going to be J.J. Wood. He's one of the forecasters at the Weather Service. Um, he'll come in, and uh, he's got a really good slide set, lots of really good videos. And um, the, the class will really provide you with not only if you're just entering into the world of weather and um, what to look for, um, it's very good. You can pick things up as they move through the through the training, as well as advanced. I've been doing it for many years, and it seems like you pick up on different things um, every time. You pick up on little bits and pieces. Uh, the the big the big thing that the weather service has done within what I've seen probably the last ten to twelve years is really wanted that outreach, and they've used Facebook and Twitter and a lot of the the um, social media pages. To get good information, it's it's you snapping a picture and posting it or sending it off to the weather service, and they're able to take a lot of that information in, and um, you know provide some additional forecasting um, because of the the boots on the ground, the eyes out there, because they are obviously looking at their computer screens, wondering if really what they're seeing um, is really what's on the ground. So. Um, it's, uh, it's really good training, and uh, it's open to all ages. There is no pre-registration. It's at the Dodge County Administration Building in Juneau. That's the big building, four-story building, um, center, it's the city center of Juneau. And um, it starts at uh, 6.30 and runs till 8.30 on Wednesday night. Now, is, uh, is this one uh, storm spotter training class enough for you to become officially certified as a, uh, as a weather spotter? Yeah, as I said, you'll pick up on on things quickly. Um, they do a really good job with their graphics and their slideshows. Um, and, yeah, I believe that it, taking it just once will give you at least a good base knowledge um, of what these storms look like, what a wall cloud is and what a scud cloud is. And and uh, then also not only, like, the, the storms themselves, but the aftermath of the storms. How much rain did you get? What's the appropriate way to measure rain? What's the appropriate way to measure snow? And uh, they provide a lot of good resources, also in handouts and such, um, that can direct you um, in in further learning. Because there is some very specific terminology that is uh, that is used by meteorologists and uh, and weather officials. Uh, for example, I know with hail, uh, you could uh, you could uh, estimate or or eyeball up some hail and uh, say, oh, that's about the size of. Uh, you know, my, my kids' Power Rangers or something like that. But that, that may not necessarily mean that that is the, uh, the methodology that they use. Uh, and so it's helpful to kind of be trained on what those terms are, particularly for hail. And that's right, yeah. So hail, oftentimes we'll get reports it was, um, uh, oh... Uh, golf ball size Golf is ball popular. size hail, which, I mean, we all know the size of a golf ball. Sure. Um, but uh, they like the they like to use, um, like, quarters, dimes, that type of thing, because that's a standard that everybody's well aware of in sizing. So um, gives them a good good idea of what we're actually seeing. Some good things to, uh, to keep in mind, of course. Maybe this should all come with a, a caveat of um, protect yourself first. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and um, you know, be aware of your surroundings and what you're seeing as the weather comes in. Um, it's interesting when the uh, tornado sirens are going off and we're responding to different things. Um, oftentimes, the garage doors are opening up and people are poking their heads out. So, <laughs> um, make sure that you have a plan. And um, you will. We'll, there's going to be plenty of pictures in the media and uh, on social media for you. Um, don't put yourself in danger uh, to get that extra special photo um and and put your life in danger yeah and uh also keep yourself safe by uh, remembering the uh, preparedness kit and those four p's uh, again if you're just joining us pills purse pets and paperwork and if you're going to throw something else on top of there it's the weather radio but that's a whole other conversation yeah weather radio and then uh, the other thing is that that we like to point out is uh um actual radio am fm type radio uh, so that you can tune to local media and um, educate yourself as to what's going on. We're going to dig more into uh, this Wednesday's storm spotter training at the Dodge County Administration Building in Juneau. Gets underway at 6.30, uh, but we do have to take a break. Our guest here is Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Here at 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge, let's return to community comment with Craig Warmbold. And our guest is Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher. The phone number if you've got a question or a comment, 920-885-4446. Also, don't forget about our texting line at 920-887-9595. That's 887-9595. Uh, talking about, uh, um, among other things, the uh, Storm Spotter training class that's coming up this Wednesday at the Dodge County Administration Building from 6 30 to 830 the administration building located at 127 east oak street in Juneau, talking about uh, the uh, uh, the four p's your pills your purse your pets your paperwork and preparedness in general is kind of uh, what we're getting at here as we uh, uh, go back into this uh, this uh, next segment uh, a few reminders if you would about uh, the the preparedness uh, angle of what we want our listeners to be aware of yeah, so one thing that, that just kind of came to my mind here is uh, the fact that our cell phones, as long as they're charged, um, which is a good point, you need um, chargers for your cell phones, um, but also if you lose your cell phone and you don't have the ability to use it, I don't remember anybody's telephone number nowadays. Right. You, you pick them from a list on your phone, and uh, back you know, years ago, we knew everybody's telephone number, and uh, that's, that's not common anymore. No. So having those, at least those important numbers written down is a big thing. Um, and then within your house, make sure that your smoke alarms, and uh, we always push uh, the, you know, the fire departments when you're, when you're changing your clocks, change your batteries and your smoke alarms, and um, you know, have a, a current fire extinguisher. And uh, the other thing is, is make sure that your family can work as a team and the ability to um, do certain safety measures, um, such as like CPR and no certain uh, basic first aid, and maybe even how to use a fire extinguisher. And also, is there your ability to turn off your utilities in the house if it were something to happen? Ah, yeah. You know, how to shut off the water, how to shut off right. uh, the gas, uh, all, all very important things. Mm -hmm. In the event of a uh, natural or man-made disaster, 920-885-4446, that phone number. Let's go to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hello. Um, 
I'm going to ask your guest to address the issue of a train derailment, similar to what happened in Ohio. What are the plans for, say, an ethanol spill, or because the, the, the train crosses the lake and so on? Um, I'll, I'll take my answer off the air. Well, thank you very much for that call. Yeah, so um, we we plan um, the different facets that would be involved with something like that. Um, we have the countywide hazmat team. Um, we've got uh, pre. Uh, located and, and staged um, spill equipment that we've got and worked with uh, with the the DNR and uh, some of the local um, large utilities uh, with with booms and dikes and that type of thing uh, for a release within the water. Um, we we have the systems in place for notification. Um, we have the templates, as I said, on in providing us with the ability to formulate messages that need to be sent out and uh, do it in a timely fashion. And we train on a regular basis, um, as does your local fire department, your EMS and law enforcement, on different types of events uh, that may happen. And uh, we're able to... Um, to educate ourselves on, um, and again, just like with your family plans and, and um, developing your plans, we're constantly doing that to keep ourselves current. Y y there's a, a couple different approaches that you guys take to that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, you kind of have the, the in-office kind of uh, scenarios that you, you would walk through, and then you have some, uh, uh, I think, I want to say once a year, once every couple of years, you have a real-life uh, yep. A scenario. Uh, yeah, we generally have exercise series, and um, that's proven to be the most effective way where we do a tabletop exercise where you're sitting around the table, you're discussing this event and what you would do and, and how you would move forward with it. And then it moves into sort of a functional, which is some boots on the ground, and it's some um, sitting within the, the planning, planning area um, and carrying out the drill. Um, as it stands, and then there's the full scale, and that takes a lot of um, participation from planners and um, people that we use for victims, that type of thing. Lots of coordination, and you you have to crawl before you walk when we do an exercise series. It's difficult to bring something together in a full scale exercise without the um, tabletops and functionals prior. Now, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there just a, a train derailment near the prison scenario that was run through in the last couple of years? We did. We uh, had an integrated emergency management uh, class that came in, and uh, generally we take a, a, the, the federal government, uh, FEMA, and um, they, they basically award a grant to that series and um, we were lucky enough because I believe they only they only give away about five of these a year away um, across the United States and Dodge County was selected um, and, and one of the things that, um, that that helped us out with is bringing everybody together and the exercise planners from out in Emmitsburg Maryland um, are they're the experts at this and they came in and, and really gave us good quality um, training and um, lots of good questions uh, were brought up. We had that networking within the prisons and within the DNR and the Weather Service and a lot of county officials. Um, it, the, the officials that are at the administration building don't always deal with um, the, the disasters like we do or the events that are out on the road and out in the field. Uh, so it was a good training session for them, the administration staff. Um, in, in bringing all of the county offices together 
um, and giving them a, an awareness of what we do and how it would come together in a large-scale event. So what was that? What were the specifics of that scenario? What so was outlined? There was, um, it, it was a, a chemical facility that was involved. There was a derailment of a train. Um, that, that then affected within the city. It also affected some of the prison system buildings within the city of Wapan. And um, it was a good collaboration between um, Fond du Lac County and Dodge because they're right on the border. So we were able to um, create that network and that link also. Um, it, was, it was a good week of training for sure. What, um, what did you learn? Um, there's always lessons learned um, in anything like this that we do. Um, it, we fill out an after-action report, um, and it's, it's, it identifies um, the areas of, of uh, concern or, and also the, the things that went well. And uh, I think with everything, we're all sometimes within between the state and the county and um we 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 get uh, sort of focused on what our mission is and then i think what we learned throughout that class is that we need to talk to one another and it needs to and, and we need to do it on a regular basis and um, keep track of all those important telephone numbers even from our perspective um, in reaching the right person say in corrections who do i need to talk to and i imagine this is a, a scenario that kind of plays itself out in more minor ways uh, just on any given day in Dodge County, what with having uh, communities that are in uh, both Dodge and Fond du Lac, Dodge and uh, Columbia, Dodge and Jefferson, Dodge and Washington. I, mean, I imagine this comes up uh, in some way a little bit all yeah, the time. Yeah, all the time. And, um, you know, the simple stuff, the simple EMS calls, the small car crashes, that's uh, it, our dispatch center is awesome and all the dispatch centers surrounding us um they they make it work they make it happen but uh they're doing it on a regular basis so um, we often look to the dispatchers as a good resource when something really big is happening um they are they are our lifeline oftentimes because they have such a good awareness of everybody around us well, what kind of uh what kind of materials do we have readily available in dodge county if there was some type of uh or, or I shouldn't say if there was, there has been hazardous materials uh, incidents in, in the past. Uh, what types of, um, yeah, what do we have that can address that in the short no, in, in the short goings? Yeah, so again, there's the strategically located uh, spill trailers that we have throughout the county that were, um, they were given to us by the DNR and by Enbridge, I believe, uh, which is the large pipeline that runs through our county. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so, th so there's that type of equipment. Um, we, we have a lot of equipment within our hazmat team, and the local fire departments also have equipment. Um, oftentimes when there is something, for instance, a spill, we rely a lot on the highway shop and the DPWs because they have uh, sand available and a lot of resources with um, movement of you know, loader tractors, snow plows, that type of thing uh, that, that can help us out. So they're always a great resource when something like that happens. Now, Dodge County, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't have its own dedicated hazmat team, does it? Do we you do. Guys? We have okay. a local responding hazmat team. I think it's, I'm thinking of a bomb squad that you go oh, to correct. for Madison, right? right. Or D Dane yep. County. Dane but County or Milwaukee does, is within the sheriff's request. Does every does every county t have some type of mobilization for hazmat if something happens? Um, you're required to, um, by I believe it's state statute, uh, to identify a hazmat response team. 
Um, everybody across the state, the counties are a little bit different um, throughout. Um, we have a local hazmat team, and then we rely on state resources, which are identified right now um, in Fond du Lac and also Milwaukee. Um, and then I believe Portage, they, they assist us also. They're, they're a state-funded hazmat team. And they have some higher-level training and training requirements um, that they can help supplement uh, some of our resources. So what have, what have we got, like foams, stuff? Uh, what, do you, what do you put on a chemical that leaks from a, a, whether it's a train or a truck well, we, or whatever? We always look to the ERG book, the Emergency Response Guide, which gives you kind of a baseline as long as we know what the chemical is. Um, uphill, upwind, and um, upstream is uh, where you want to be when something like that happens. And um, that's uh, we, we come together with those types of resources um, to, to actually mitigate the spill as it happens. Well, our guest here is uh, Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher. That phone number, 920-885-4446. Uh, communication, a big uh, a big key to anything, I imagine, uh, whether we're talking about a, uh, a hazardous material spill from a train or something like that, or we're talking about uh, a family that is uh, just having to evacuate because of uh, uh, a natural disaster like something uh, that is um, going to be covered in this storm spotter training class this Wednesday at the Dodge County Administration Building in Juneau, 630 to 830. You know, Joe, I've, I've thought about another P. Uh, pills, purse, pets, paperwork, uh, power supply for that cell phone. There you go. You want to make sure power that cords. power cords. <laughs> you you want to be able to charge that up because, as you mentioned, yes, I think your your advice is to write down those phone numbers in the event that you don't have a uh, cell phone, and that is advice that is well heeded. But um, but when you can power that back up, certainly you want to have that uh, that power cord available to you. Um, the the class the storm spotter training class on uh, on Wednesday I meant you, you mentioned uh, you're going to be getting into some of the very specific things the high level some of the advanced stuff but generally speaking it's also a great opportunity for the uh, the uninitiated to be able to get the basics of right. uh, severe weather coverage because. I've been doing this for, I don't know, 20, 25 years now. Sometimes I even have to sit and pause about the, wait, what's the difference between a watch and a warning? And I imagine a lot of people out there have that same issue. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, I always look at it, look at it as uh, a warning means that it is eminent. We're warning you right now, you need to take action. Um, a watch is that conditions are favorable. So as you go out throughout your day, um, keep an eye to the sky, watch to the sky and see if you see anything changing. Keep tuned to local media. Um, but ultimately that warning means you need to act and you need to act quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, you know, what are the uh, types of things that we would be alerted to here in uh, Dodge County. We don't necessarily get squall warnings or anything like that, but you know, in addition to tornado and severe thunderstorm warnings, uh, a flash flood warning isn't, or a flash flood watch isn't that uh, far out of uh, reason uh, as, as far as something that we might experience. What is meant exactly by a flash flood watch? Um, I think that uh, you know, with a flash flood watch, um, it means that conditions are favorable for um, heavy rains. And I think we found, by going back to 2006, 2008, and, and consecutively since then, that uh, it seems like um, the, the flooding situations um, have kind of compounded themselves. And um, we just need to be alert, and we need to know where high ground is. 
Um, I, I was reading an article the other day that said just simple flood mitiga- mitigation, um, like putting eave troughs on your house, uh, different simple things like that. Um, can For every dollar spent, you, you can potentially save about $7 um, in, in um, the ability to uh, prevent floods and uh, different things within your home or, or your business. Um, and then the other thing is, is we get this a lot, we have in the past with the flooding is uh, flood insurance is different than your homeowner's insurance. So oftentimes if you don't have a flood insurance, um, a, a lot of your contents within your basement and such aren't covered under your standard homeowner's policy when a flood happens. So talk to your local insurance agent, um, whoever you use, and make sure that all your bases are covered. Um, it seems like uh, within the last 20 years, people are finishing basements off to living quarters that are very, very nice. And when it starts to fill with water, even a couple of inches of water can really be devastating. Wow. Uh, good advice here from Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher, flood insurance. Uh, you, you hate to think that you're covered for something and then the unexpected happens and you find out that you are not. Um, the uh, Storm Spotter training class this Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Dodge County Administration Building. Do I need to pre-register for this? No pre-registrations required. We'll have seating for a couple hundred people if need be. Um, our classes are pretty well attended and sometimes um, are the best attended across the state or within the Milwaukee-Sullivan um, alerting area. Yeah, Milwaukee-Sullivan, that is uh, our designation under the National Weather Service. That is correct. A place that you recommend that uh, folks go online as far as a reliable, direct source of severe weather information. Yeah, uh, weather.gov slash MKX is uh, the Milwaukee-Sullivan office. They have a lot of information on that website, a lot of training information, education type stuff, um, as well as... Uh, leading up into the different types of storms as we move through the seasons um, in providing um, a a weather story, a weather outlook. Um, It also provides um, the the, um, hazard outlook, hazardous weather outlook every day um, that is issued to to let you know if if there's a possibility of a significant storm of some sort. And uh, again, uh, you have an opportunity to uh, become a trained weather spotter for the National Weather Service uh, by participating in trainings like these. Uh, did you say it's the most well attended in uh, in the region, uh, Dodge County? It has been hmm. in the past, so they're they're always excited to get here and uh, do the training for us. And uh, again, very very good training um, to to definitely all ages welcome. And uh, no pre-registration. It's at uh, the Edmond Building in Juneau, 127 East Oak Street. And uh, all are welcome. When is that uh, statewide uh, tornado drill coming up? Yeah, the statewide tornado drill is April 20th. And again, this year they're going to do a 1.45 p.m. warning and a 6.45 p.m. So it gives you an opportunity to not only practice at work during the day or at school, um, but also what your plan is and how to safely uh, protect yourself when you're at home. So a couple different times throughout the day, and um, they will will test the weather radios. Um, Our municipalities here, our dispatch center, will actually activate the tornado sirens. Um, And uh, then a lot of the TV and radio stations will cut in and provide that. Um, test 
warning also. I, I hear it's often a, a good time for you to get your family together and run through one of those scenarios in the event of an actual emergency. Right. Yeah, it, uh, it, it definitely is a good time. And um, hey, the other thing is, is uh, small children are, are um, easily excitable. And when you're jumping, jumping to action, um, them, like anything, uh, testing f- smoke alarms, that type of thing, all good things to do because it becomes sort of what we call maybe muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, we had the, uh, the the change of clocks, a good time to change the batteries in those smoke detectors, Absolutely. as you mentioned, as well. Uh, 920-885-4446, that phone number, if you've got a question or a comment for Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher, we'll go to the phones and say, good afternoon, welcome to Community Comment. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Um, a number of years ago, there was a tornado touchdown in uh, Wapan or the Wapan area, and um, the sirens were going off in Beaver Dam. And I um, was with some friends who always go out to a certain restaurant for a couple of drinks at, at the end of the night, and um, I chose to go home and go into my basement, but they um, had the attitude of, you know, it won't happen to me. And I felt especially um, bad that they were putting the business into the situation where they had to choose whether or not to kick them out and close and and do whatever their um, procedure is or, um, you know, to serve them. And with the way that the community has behaved with COVID and that kind of thing and um, standing up saying, you know, that's uh, against their rights and, and that kind of thing, it just concerns me, and I, I just would like some guidance um, for the general public on what should happen in that scenario. A very interesting question. That is an interesting question. Um, there, I guess I, I would advise, uh, because of the way our system is set up here in the county, we sound the tornado sirens countywide. So when we push the button for tornadoes, it's not specific uh, to any one area. And that's why I guess I would rely on the ability to look up uh, the, the pertinent information, tune to the radio station, and really determine if you're in Ashapin as a storm that's up in Wapan, um, it really was, isn't going to affect you. Um, with the question as far as um, how businesses will handle themselves, whether they'll close, whether they'll kick people out, um, I guess that, that is sort of a question specific to um, probably the, the liability of the business and, and um, how they want to handle that. Um, and, and as well as uh, the situational awareness on the business's perspective also um, in, in knowing what is going on and where the actual hazard is occurring. To your knowledge, there's no, uh, there's no law in place that says if a tornado is coming and the sirens are going off, that action in one direction or another should be taken. Correct. There is, there is no law or anything around that. Hmm. Wow, uh, interesting, uh, interesting uh, topic, caller. Did you have a follow-up question? Well, just if you could, you know, create some verbal guidance, first of all, for the 
people who are making the decision, despite the um, sirens going off, and then secondly, for the business and their um, general responsibility for um, closing it in that scenario or yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those things that's a personal kind of uh, it, it, you have to take on that responsibility yourself to make that determination. I, it's it's difficult to provide guidance, obviously. Um, if it isn't tornado related or flash flood related, your best and safest place is inside a building um, and inside a sturdy structure. Um, so aside from you know a tornado warning and knowing that that tornado is within your area. Um, that it is the safest place to to go is to into a business or uh, obviously your home or or basement if you have that ability. Uh, what what would you say to that uh, that member of a, a wait staff, uh, a, a waitress, a waiter who is uh, concerned about a tornado coming through, uh, but nobody else seems to be, and you're looking at your phone and it's uh, yeah the tornado sirens are going off countywide, but uh, they're going off outside your window and it looks like it's headed your way. Yeah, it, personal uh, responsibility. It is. It's it's sort of we, that's a, a a good question, but a difficult one to answer. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Marilyn. Appreciate the uh, the phone call. Uh, this is your last chance to get a uh, a phone call in uh, to Dodge County Emergency Management Director uh, Joe Maher here as we uh, wind down the program. Uh, Storm spotter training coming up uh, this Wednesday, six thirty to eight thirty. Uh, Dodge County Administration Building in Juneau, 127 East, uh, East Oak Street. Uh, no registration required for the listeners just joining us. Uh, explain why this is an important uh, uh, class for them to attend. So the weather services, they're, they're looking at their screens, they're looking at their weather radar information and their forecast information, but they are oftentimes questioning what really is happening on the ground. And with the the way the weather service has been, um, you know, leaning forward and, and really taking in a lot of information uh, via the social media outlets and and their web page, um, it's it's really given them the boots on the ground perspective of what's happening. And oftentimes, when you do provide that information, um, they'll they'll base some of that on uh, what types of warnings or advisories they actually place. And uh, covered a lot of ground today, Joe. What do you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? Um, I, I think the biggest thing is the preparedness part of it um, and having everything in line. Uh, so, again, it's, it's muscle memory to you. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we would get out of our element when something like this happens. But, again, it's like the training that we do, the tabletops, the functionals, the full scales. We're doing it so that it becomes somewhat of a habit for us. Um, and causes less stress and grief in an actual event. Storm spotter training this Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30, Dodge County Administration Building. Joe, we really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Once again, Dodge County Emergency Management Director Joe Maher. That is going to do it for today's community comment.